Well, hello and welcome back to the Basic Bible Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Thompson, and here I am sitting in the Delve Into the Depth studio, so I call them here in my classroom. I've got the soundboard set up today. Isn't that awesome? Um, but I'm alone in here today, and this will be weird. This week I'll be doing a lot of recording, and we have like several, we have like 10 uh, episodes I'm going to record this week. But this will be one of the few episodes where I'm actually doing it by myself. This is the final episode of 2021, the final episode of 2021. And, you know, I really thought about what to do here. And, you know, I want to, sometimes in the past, we've talked, we've taken this episode, um, the New Year's episode, the last episode, and we've talked about books throughout the year, or maybe some podcasts do like a highlight reel of, and I just didn't want to do that. Honestly, I didn't, I don't really want to put that together. Um, But I, I, I did want to talk a little bit today about something that's important, something that, you know, might have been better last week. Uh, with Christmas, but I want to talk about a missing part of the Christmas story. A, mi- a what? There's a mi- okay. I'm, I'm not getting into conspiracy theories here. Okay, I, I just want to. I just want to cover this little section here of the Christmas story that I think sometimes we often overlook. Okay, now I'm going to read this passage, and you have seen this a thousand times, right? But have you read it? Years ago, I was a youth pastor at Galilean Baptist Church in Stafford Springs, Connecticut. And my pastor was Ed Jusantis. And Ed uh, was a great guy, taught me a lot of things, a mentor, almost like a father figure. And he did every year, he did at, at, with his adult Sunday school class, he gave them a quiz on the Christmas story. And he'd kind of downplayed a little bit, but people took this seriously at the church, Galilean Baptist Church. Uh, People really, really took this seriously. And so people asked me, Pastor Thompson, are are you going to be studying for this? And I thought, no, it's it's a Christmas story. It's it's, it's only over Luke 1, Luke 2, Matthew 1, Matthew 2. Uh, You know, I've read this a billion times, right? Well, I failed that quiz (laughs) that first year. I failed. Because, you know, there, there are certain things you, you, you read and you're so familiar with it, you forget to look at the details and you realize, wow, there is more to it than I thought. You know, that's the amazing thing about the Word of God. You see, I, I tried to calculate it one year, of, you know, thinking about I, I've been in church, oh man, years now. I mean, since I pretty much came out of the womb, I think. Uh, I was raised in a Christian home. I've been to church. You know, you think about how many sermons I have heard, okay? Think about the, I'll just say, 40-plus years of my existence and how many Sundays in a year, say, you know, average 52 Sundays a year, multiply that by 40, and that's a pretty big number. But then you throw in Sunday school. And then for many years in, in the Independent Fundamental Baptist Movement, it's, it's three to thrive, right? Uh, Dr. Robertson, Lee Robertson. And so we had Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night services, all including a sermon. And then throw in Sunday school. And then you throw in all the Bible conferences I've been to, revival services, missions conferences, 
And man, have I heard enough Scripture. And, I, and at this point, I don't know how many times myself I've read through the Bible. I, I don't know. I've, I've lost track. And then add to that books I have read about the Bible. I have a degree in theology. In fact, I have a master's degree in theology. You would think someone who has this much knowledge is considered an expert on the Bible. But every time, almost every time I read Scripture, there's something else that jumps out at me or something that jumps out at me in a new way. And so as we're reading through this, this passage, I want you to follow along with me. Because I think we're going to see something, at least something I haven't seen. And maybe you haven't seen either. So, instead of thinking, oh man, another... Oh, Kevin, we've just heard the Christmas story again last week, and maybe you've heard it throughout the Advent season. Hold on, and and just listen in, and I want you to see if you can pick it up, okay? Just just go with me on this one. All right. Luke chapter 2 and verse 1. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. I'm reading from the ESV. It's weird to read from the ESV because I'm so used to the KJV in this passage. But anyway, this was the first registration of when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was to be of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, The time came for her to give birth, and she gave birth to her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were filled. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in the manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told to them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had seen as it had been told. Did you catch it? Did you catch this missing part? Okay, probably not. Let me, let me explain that. Let me go into some detail. So we look at chapter 2 and we see, all right, Caesar Augustus. Here he is, big man, Caesar, the August, 
the Holy One, the deity in a sense. Talk about an overinflated view of yourself. And Caesar wanted the entire world to be taxed or to be registered for the purpose of taxation. I want to know how many people are in my kingdom. I want to know how big this is. It's interesting. Here, Caesar is trying to make himself big. And in this very act, God uses, uh, God uses this census to make someone else big. To see the King of Kings and Lord of Lords be born in a lowly name. He used this to fulfill prophecy to bring Mary and Joseph to Bethlehem. Interesting. In the end, the king was a mere tool. Well, I guess all politicians are tools to some degree. I think you'd agree with that. So there's a there's a decree to be uh, to go back to your home city to be counted to be registered, and we can see how much uh, people are here. The census. And so, okay, we have scene one. Now, scene two, you have shepherds watching their flock by night. Now, I would have loved to have seen this. I don't know, maybe I wouldn't have. But imagine, this. put yourself in that, in that situation. Here are these shepherds. Shepherds at that day were kind of low, lowly people. They weren't with everybody else. They spent their time with dirty sheep. And here they are at night. And it was a night like any other night. It wasn't like, you know, sometimes at Christmas you hear people say, well, there was a spirit in the air. The Christmas spirit. You can just sense it. You can just feel it. Well, for them, it was any other night. And all of a sudden, an angel appears. And it wasn't just an angel, but it was, listen to this. Here we go. The glory of the Lord shown around them. It wasn't just an angel that they saw, but it was the glory of God. Think about that. Go back in your Bibles. Go back in your minds and think to Isaiah 6, where we see the glory of God there in the throne room. What was Isaiah's response? Woe unto me, for I am undone. I'm a man of unclean lips. He was scared. Whenever we see the glory of the Lord, think of the glory in the temple, on the Ark of the Covenant, where the presence of God dwelt between the cherubim. It was not even to be touched as Uzziah. It wasn't to be messed with. Think of the Israelites outside of Mount Sinai. The glory of the Lord was there on the mountain, and they were afraid to even touch the mountain. They couldn't go near it because of the glory of God. And so what was the response of these, these shepherds? They were afraid. It wasn't like they saw an angel. It's like, this is cool. What's going to happen? This is awesome. This is, that's an angel. They were afraid. That's why the angel said, Fear not, for I bring you good news of great joy. Okay, So 
Keep that in mind. They were fearful. But now, what's the response? They go, when the angels tell them, go, here's what you look for. Babe will be laying, lying in a manger, wrapped in swaddling clothes. Go. And so they went. And um, when the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see the thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste. They hightailed it out of there. They, they went there quickly. And why? Because the angels had told them. So they come and they, they find what? A baby. Now, let me pick it up there. And when they saw it, verse 17, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning the child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all that they had seen as it had been told. Did you catch that? Did you find the missing piece here? Because this is where it's at. In this little passage, when the shepherds come in contact with the babe in a manger. Maybe you're scratching your head. What are you talking about, Kevin? Here's what I'm talking about. When they saw the angel of the Lord and they felt the presence of God, the glory of the Lord, they were in fear. It was the glory of the Lord that made them fearful. But when they saw the baby in a manger, they were looking at God incarnate. They were looking at God in the flesh, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the sovereign creator of all that is is in their very presence. It wasn't just the glory of the Lord that was there, but it was the Lord himself that was there. But there was no fear. See, that's the missing part. There was no fear. The angels weren't afraid of Jesus. That's a remarkable concept in my mind. They weren't afraid of Jesus. Why? Because the whole purpose of Jesus coming to earth was to bring men back to God, to restore the relationship between God and man that had been broken down because of sin. All the way back in Genesis 3, we see the separation of God and man. Once sin enters into the world, there can be no direct fellowship with God. And so there was separation. In fact, throughout the entire Old Testament, you see this concept of separation. You can only, only go so far in the temple. You can only go so far into the a holy place or the holy of holies. There was a standoffishness in our relationship with God. It was the priest who was our intercessor. The high priest who only once a year could go into the Holy of Holies and make the atoning sacrifice. But here we are in the very presence of God in the form of a baby, in the form of a human being. John chapter 1 tells us, the word became flesh 
and dwelt among you. John chapter 1, verse 14. That's an incredible statement. Don't let that, that just gloss over. Jesus, God himself, came to be with us. Emmanuel, God with us. God dwells with us. Sinful, rebellious man. Jesus came to be with us. And when we recognize that, fear is no longer in the picture. We don't have to fear God because of Jesus. I'm a teacher. And there are times when students fear me, when they haven't done their homework assignment, when they haven't done good uh, on a test, when they've been rebellious in class. They're not wanting to be with me and pal around with me during those times because they know they're in trouble. We don't have to feel that way with God. In fact, Romans chapter 8, verse 1 says, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Why? Because he has paid the penalty. He came to bring God and man together again. Romans chapter 5, verse 20, Where sin abounds, grace is much more abounds. Why? Because of the work of Jesus Christ. When we're in the presence of Christ, there is no fear. Isn't that incredible? Folks, you can have a relationship with God despite of your sin, despite of your rejection, despite of your failures, despite of your rebellion. Because you see, Jesus came to die for those who are in rebellion. It's interesting when you look at that passage, Romans 5, that I just mentioned and alluded to earlier. It says here, in fact, let me, let me read it. I'm turning there now. Romans chapter 5, verse 6. For while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person. Though perhaps for a good person, one would even dare to die. But God chose his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That since therefore we have been now justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son. Much more now that we are reconciled shall we be saved by his life. We have every reason to rejoice. Because God came to this world to save sinners. He came for you in your sin, in your wretchedness. There's no such thing as, as, as being too bad for God or too evil to be saved or too evil to have a relationship. No, 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 no. You don't get the gospel. You don't understand the whole purpose of Jesus coming to earth was to be with you. And I want to talk to people like me. I struggle with my sin. I know I'm a sinner. I screwed up. Big time. I'm not going to get into specifics, but I, okay, my sin, like David says in Psalm 51, my sin is ever before me. But where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. That's over and above overflowing. God wants a relationship with you. 
in your sin, in your rebellion, turn to Christ. He's there. That's incredible, isn't it? That's an incredible thought for me. As I enter into this new year, that's something I, I, I'm determined. I've, I've got to reckon, I got to reconcile my mind that idea that I am reconciled before God. I don't have to fear God. I don't have to be ashamed. I don't have to be like Adam and Eve uh, uh, sewing up fig leaves and, and hiding. I can stand before God because of the work of Jesus. Hebrews chapter 4 reminds us of that. That I can stand before the very throne room of God. Since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who is in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and grace to help in times of need. I can stand before the very throne room of God with confidence. I don't have to cower in fear because with Jesus there is no fear. That's been wiped away. Jesus lived a perfect life and died a perfect death that we can stand before the Father, justified, reconciled, eventually sanctified, washed in the blood of the Lamb. I want to encourage you, this, this last episode of 2021, as we look into 2022, live a reconciled life. Live a justified life. Don't cower in fear. Hey, repent of your sin. Let's not take that lightly. But to repent means to turn. It means to get back up. It's like Peter who denied the Lord three times and you think there's no overcoming that. And what did Jesus tell him? Go feed my sheep. Peter, it's time to get back to work. A just man falls seven times but rises up again, Proverbs says. Don't be ashamed of your sin. Crucify it. Mortify the flesh, as John Owen said. But pick yourself up. Come to the foot of the cross and see the grace and forgiveness that God has. That's really the thought of that. That's the, the missing part of this story is that idea of fear. We don't have to fear the Lord. We don't have to fear God because of the work of Jesus Christ. Well, that's the note I wanted to end 2021 with. And I know we, we didn't have a guest this week. It was just me ranting and raving here for the past 20 minutes. But I hope you'll take that to note. That's something I'm trying to work on. Uh, as for recommended resources, I'll, I'll have some on the website. I, 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 uh, I'm kind of doing this on, on the fly right now, sitting in my classroom, uh, sitting alone in the Delvin into the Depth studios. But we will be back next week. In fact, next week, if uh, everything works out according to plan, uh, we'll have my, one of my students back, Daniel Leach. He's going to kind of give us a message kicking off 2022. And then this whole week, I'll be recording interviews. And we're finally going to get that Apostles' Creed um, uh, series up and running in 2021. Probably won't start that till February, March. But I tell you, uh, we've already recorded about uh, four episodes. By the end of this week, it'll be five or six. Uh, we'll get that kicked off. We have some really exciting guests we've got planned. 
So stick with us in 2022, okay? In fact, don't only stick with us. Share us. Share this podcast, okay? Uh, check out our YouTube channel. In fact, I'll put that on our recommended resources as well. Check out our YouTube channel. All of these episodes now I'm posting on YouTube. And in fact, from time to time, I will be putting short videos on YouTube. Uh, sometimes they're just clips from the shows. Uh, and sometimes they'll be something entirely different. So check our YouTube page out. I'll put that out on our show notes and whatnot. And uh, yeah, check that out. www.basicbiblepodcast.org And uh, check us out on Twitter and Instagram at BasicBibleCast. So until next week, have a great rest of your week and a great 2022 to come.